0: Focus on your mental health. You surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours.
1: So I am an ADHD uh, wellbeing coach for women who have been diagnosed with ADHD later on in life. Um, I'm an EFT practitioner um, and I live in Manchester. I've got four kids and I was diagnosed with ADHD myself at um, the age of 40.
0: That was actually going to be my next question. When were you diagnosed? But I mean, 40, that seems like a really sort of uh, kind of later time in life to be diagnosed. Were you surprised by it?
1: Yes and no. No. Definitely not surprised that there was something going on because I always kind of wondered what contributed to to lots of different um, parts of my, what I thought were my personality and behavior traits. Um, But I was also in the process of of helping my daughter at the time because she was being um, assessed sort of for um, educational needs. And when it came to play that what we were dealing with was potentially ADHD, I started doing a lot of research and seeing a lot of the um, the signs and the traits of myself growing up as a child in school myself, and genuinely sort of like as I grew up how it showed up um, in me in different ways in my life. So I was surprised, but actually very grateful that I finally understood what was going on and, and you know really could see how it how it showed up and why it was there. And, and there was a bit of validation, I have to say. So I was quite grateful.
0: Mm. Um, can you tell us a bit more about some of those traits?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've worked for sort of like hundreds of, of women now with ADHD. And I can say, sort of hand on my heart that not, you know, ADHD shows it quite differently in lots of different um, women. However, there there are lots of underlying traits that I think many of us can, we we have in common. Some of them it can show up in our mental health. So it can be whether it's um, ongoing anxiety from a young age, whether this sleep's always been a bit of an, an issue, whether that has been, um, you know, in, in more extreme ADHD cases, um, disordered eating, um, addiction problems. But for me, it was more definitely my anxiety, my overthinking, lots of um ruminating about things, getting stuck in a thought loop. But I also procrastinated. I found being able to focus on one task really difficult. I found getting started on a task difficult. I'd get overwhelmed very easily by lots of small details. I would struggle to be able to put things in order um, and really be able to kind of process things. Mm -hmm. So for me, I wouldn't be able to just sit and listen to a lesson and just You know, things wouldn't just go in. I wouldn't be able to retain the information. I would get very easily distracted by any small thing. That was sort of like an education setting, but that also kind of um, saw me through. You know, in my in my jobs, my career, managing the house, being you know being a parent. There was lots of things I used to miss. Things that I just found really overstimulating, but also overwhelming, and things I just just couldn't even you know go there. But I also found it with need I had this restless energy there was a constant restless motor within me that I never felt settled I never felt relaxed I knew that I had to always be up and about doing things achieving producing there was sort of a level of um, perfectionism going on that um, I just wasn't doing enough Um, but it also kind of went hand in hand with never feeling enough as well not feeling worthy thinking that other people were always doing it better that other people knew what was going on and I didn't that was always on the back foot and it was all internalized so on the outside it was a lot of masking which in itself is exhausting trying to pretend everything's fine trying to you know really um, crack on with life and be an adult and be a mum and a woman and, and have a career and do all of this but under the surface, you know, very, you know, not even that deep down, there was a lot of um, confusion and worry and anxiety. So yeah, it's it, it's a mentally exhausting um, condition. But when you understand it, and when you're, there's awareness around it, it kind of opens up that Pandora's box. And we're able to, um, we're able to kind of look at the things that you know, are challenging and that with there are resources and there is support that we can access to to help live our life um better and to live life more on our terms and thrive alongside the ADHDs which is what I help a lot of women to do, hopefully.
0: It's really interesting you talked in there about the masking. Um do you think maybe I mean my question maybe is more why do you think that um women don't seem to get as diagnosis as as easily as men or, or is it fair to say that because is it also fair to say that ADHD can look sort of different for men as for women? And also because of that women can get sort of diagnoses sort of later in life, or have I kind of got that all kind of wrong? I never have.
1: (laughs) There's a stigma um, there that, um, you know, because people haven't been trained to look out for what it looks like in girls and boys. So psychiatrists, psychologists, um, you know, send departments at school, they just haven't been trained to, to know that ADHD is just as common in girls. You know, it's not a split thing between the sexes. It's, there's not sort of, you know, more boys with ADHD than girls. Is more boys being diagnosed. So girls are going under the radar because we're better at masking, but also our um, symptoms are much more internalised. So we are conditioned as girls to to kind of put on you know masks to, to put on brave faces to not really talk about what's going on whereas the boys their ADHD is more physical so you will see it you will see the disruptiveness and the confusion and the distraction and all the things that they're sort of struggling with more on a um, external basis they will literally need to go outside and run loops around you know the football pitch whereas the Um, hyperactivity is is more of our in our brain and um so we then kind of that you know, sometimes you'll see um, fidgeting, stimming, you'll see tapping, you'll see nail biting, you'll see doodling, all sorts of things. There's all different ways of stimming is what it's called. It's like a calming of the nervous system. It's calming and regulating what's going on in our heads. So, you know, very often I'll see, you know, people who aren't diagnosed and I can spot it a mile away because they'll be tapping their foot or they'll be picking their nails or they'll be um, constantly chewing on a pen. And that is just an internalised way of the hyperactivity kind of wanting to come out but we're, we're sort of told you know as a woman as a female um that's not the right way to behave so ADHD is um, especially in adults is a one-to-one ratio you know there's no more men and than women be, um, with ADHD it's just the diagnosis um, system has to be um, reassessed there has to be a way for GPs to spot it when women are coming in and saying I'm struggling with anxiety I'm, I'm suffering with disordered eating um, very often it looks like binge eating um, you know addiction problems shopping addictions uh, anything like that where we are trying to Um, manage our dopamine. We're we're low on dopamine with ADHD. So we're always trying to seek it in lots of different ways. Sugar addiction, um, smoking, uh, lots of different ways that it looks like it in women, whereas men, it often comes out in, you know, porn addiction, gambling addiction, Um, You know, drugs, alcohol, that type of thing. Again, you know, with women, that's that's very common. So it's joining lots of dots and understanding that ADHD isn't just little boys in a classroom, you know, tapping their feet and jumping around. It's, It's a lot more complex. But when we get a handle on it, when we understand it, it, that's when people are you know they, they, they don't turn to drugs they don't um you know there's self-harm you know there's suicide ideation it can be a very serious disorder to, to live with when it's undiagnosed so I'm very keen on, on creating more awareness around it
0: yeah absolutely um could you tell us a bit more about what helps you manage it personally
1: I when I was diagnosed I was offered medication and I was keen to try the medication and I'm definitely pro medication for some people I think the way I had sort of intuitively curated my life was knowing there was something going on with me but I just didn't quite know what it was knowing that I had a tendency for anxiety for needing to be outside to move my body so for me you know, sitting in an office was just torture, literally torture and sitting around um, other people with lots of noises and distractions and not sort of having my own sensory um, way of feeling calm. So I, I hated sitting in an office without a window open. I didn't like certain smells, people, people's voices and things all used to annoy me. So I wasn't the best person in an office. I used to just think that was just like bad behavior traits. I thought that was just me being a very intolerant person. But actually, when I speak to lots of other people, that's that's very normal. So I have to, um, I've created a, a way, a system of working that, that works for me. I know that I'm very privileged. I know I'm lucky that I'm able to work from home. I work around my kids. But I also recognize that this is more than just a privilege. This has been a lifeline for me and my mental health, being able to preserve um, To be able to preserve it so I can, you know, help be around for my kids and everything. So I definitely move my body every day. I use movement, exercise, whatever feels good to me that day to kind of um, distill that um, anxious energy that I, I carry. So I have to do that every day. I really look after what I eat, I try and manage you know, through making sure I don't eat processed food, um, not very much sugar. I use caffeine actually, interestingly, as my sort of stimulant. So I have, you know, quite a bit of caffeine in the morning and then I stop around midday. Um, I ensure that I bring in lots of calming tools, so I know for a fact that I, um, especially around my cycle, so hormones and ADHD with girls and women, is very prevalent. So as we get older, perimenopause—that's typically when a lot of women are being diagnosed because um, hormonally they're they're on the back foot, and again, the estrogen and dopamine are—you know—they interplay together. That's a whole—you know—other. Topic of conversation, so it's really keeping an eye on my my lifestyle. I'm really making that the sort of almost like my priority. That's at the forefront of my mind the whole time, of making sure that I'm not overwhelming myself with too many meetings. Making sure that I'm managing my diary, making sure that I've got time to myself to be able to just breathe before I pick my kids up. Lots of different factors that, unfortunately, is time consuming. There is a privilege there, but if I get that formula right on a day, I can feel calm and I'm not overwhelmed and I've ticked off all the things I want to do. I'm still creative. I'm still achieving and producing, but it's not uh, It's not at the detriment of my mental health. And And with ADHD, we always have to be mindful of that. So many people I speak to who have ADHD, when they are feeling at their very worst, it's because they are overworking, you know, uh, workaholism is a, is a massive area of ADHD, because we just don't have that internal switch, switch off, we just keep going with hyper focus. Um, and we, we experience burnout much more severely and uh, more commonly than other people neurotypicals. So it's keeping an eye on that. And it's tiring. But if we do, then we, we are able to thrive and work really well with our ADHD because there's a lot of positives as well. But I'm not the person that's going to say they are superpower because I know how challenging it can be to be to live with ADHD as well.
0: Mm. You mentioned in there some calming tools. Um, I wondered if you'd share some of those that you find helpful.
1: Yeah. So I am an EFT practitioner, which is Emotional Freedom Technique. And that is tapping. So you may have heard about it. Um, I trained in EFT before I got diagnosed with ADHD. But what I realized was it was very calming on my nervous system. I was always looking for ways to kind of reduce the overwhelm, reduce the anxiety, reduce the sort of the sensory over overwhelm, the output that was always happening and kind of ground me back into my body. So I knew that this was something that really helped me. And that is literally just tapping on acupressure points and verbalizing what's going on. Um, It's a lot more intricate than that, but that's kind of, you know, what it is. So when I speak to a lot of people, they bring in um, intuitively again, you know, before the diagnosis, they may bring in yoga, running, um, meditation, Reiki, anything holistic that is calming on the nervous system, grounding in the body, uh, reflexology, massage, um, you know, anything that we can kind of get back into our our bodies and and instead of being in our heads which is where we like to be we like to be off in our heads ruminating catastrophizing worrying about everything you know that's why it impacts our sleep so much there's obviously sort of chemical and hormonal things that that happen with with ADHD but if we can be aware of our tendency to be in our head then we can ground back into our bodies so like i said for me it's looking after you know my nutrition it's looking after movement it's looking after calming. I use things like essential oils. I use things um, like drinking lots of water, recognizing when I need to stop. Breath work is a huge one for me. Just, you know, two or three minutes, a few times a day, just breathing and just you know, again, just coming back to my breath as a way to ground myself is really effective. So these are tools that anyone can access, you know, even tapping. I do a lot of workshops where I teach people how to do tapping. Um, I've got a podcast as well, which is the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. And that, you know, I speak to so many different, you know, experts on, on different ways that we can holistically manage our ADHD. So I've had up to sort of like 40 different experts coming in teaching us how to live and and be kinder, more compassionate and accepting of ourselves and our brains, because these are the brains that we're going to live with. ADHD doesn't disappear. We can take medication. It can be hugely helpful. But when it wears off, our ADHD is still there. So we can either be in acceptance of it and and learn tools, or we can be in resistance to it. And our life is is very difficult, very challenging. And I see that in a lot of people, they just don't want to help themselves. And that's, you know, really sad for me, but we can lean into a more holistic way of of helping our ADHD. And I do see um, how it works very well.
0: Mm, I'm glad you brought up um, the EFT, because I was really fascinated by that and the idea of that. So it's essentially um, tapping pulse points. And so if you're stressed, would you be Sort of tapping them and saying, "I feel stressed." Or how does it? Is it is that sort of the basis of it?
1: Or yeah, so we've got acupressure points on our face and our um, hands and our, on the top of our body, our torso. And again, I have I have quite a lot of sort of free videos on that on my website, so people can just use that as a guide. But we can literally just tap and we can talk. And that is a technique that I use all the time. And it's a way of venting, releasing, acknowledging acceptance. So there's a there's a sort of a term that we can bring in and say, you know, I feel really stressed. I feel really overwhelmed. Um, You know, whatever is that's going on for you right now in the moment. And then we can just offer ourselves that acceptance and just say, you know, I accept how I feel right now. Um, I accept and and love myself anyway, or anything that feels right, or I accept and send myself compassion. Because what we're doing is we're just accepting that this is just how it is right now. And yes, I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And we just tap for a few minutes on those acupressure points. These are meridian points that have been, you know, Uh, have been around Chinese medicine has identified them, you know, thousands of years ago, there's nothing new here. But we have this um, power within our bodies to calm ourselves to regulate. Um, And um, with ADHD, emotional um, dysregulation is one of the most common yet challenging parts of ADHD. And we can go from zero to 60 in, in, in seconds. And very often, that might be a very telling sign of ADHD that we can't manage our own emotions we see this a lot in children so EFT is really effective in children that is actually I see it you know instantly almost like within 90 seconds of tapping kids feel much calmer and that's because they're more open they're less cynical they're kind of just energetically more open to these things because they haven't had like all the 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 cynicism of life, you know, embed embed within them, so it's it's really powerful. And if you are feeling like that kind of like rumble, that rise of of intolerance, irritability, anger, low mood, whatever that is, especially as women, you know, we are challenged challenged with hormones. So it's I just find it it's a great way of of just kind of dispelling a bit of that energy and um releasing it, and it's it's really calming. Um, I've just done a few workshops on it, and it's just very empowering to know that you have something within your capability to access you know you don't need anything at all you just need to sit in your car and tap for two or three minutes and it's very very helpful.
0: Um, I'm really glad you also mentioned your podcast um, earlier Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that and what some of your favorite episodes are so far?
1: Well uh, the reason why I started it was because I had I started it in January and I was actually nominated um, in the summer for the best well-being podcast at the British Podcast Awards, which was mind-blowing because in January I thought who's going to want to listen to a podcast about ADHD well-being, women's well-being, you know, niche, niche, niche. But actually, the as I was getting diagnosed, um, it was almost like a tide was was turning, and more and more women in you know their 30s and 40s, 50s and 60s were finally getting a diagnosis of something that they hadn't been able to understand all their lives. And it was almost like a weight, like a chain, like that was pulling them down. They could never move past it. They never understood. They were getting misdiagnosed, given medication that wasn't working. And finally, they were getting a diagnosis, but left out, you know, from the system of, well, here's your medication, goodbye, and resources, as we know with the NHS are, are you know, so thin um, on the ground. And and, and women were just not knowing what to do with themselves i thought right let's let's bridge a gap here let's bridge a gap between acknowledgement self-diagnosis diagnosis or just curiosity and allow them to access experts and um tools and resources that they won't be able to get even you know um if they went private so for me it's a massive gift to other women who are um finally understanding themselves wanting to get a check on their own emotional mental health and be able to um you know get get the help they deserve and access these experts that you know a lot of women can't afford you know a lot of women can't afford the several thousand pounds it can take to go through the private diagnosis so i i hope that it is helping lots of women i know from the listenership figures i'm you know it's thousands and thousands of women i think you know, I'm on like six hundred thousand downloads, which is a lot of downloads for a very niche podcast. So it's a lot more common than you think it is. ADHD. You know, there's a I think there's a statistic. It's one in twenty, but I think it's it's much more than that. I really do because you know I see it everywhere. I see it. It's so common, and women are going to their doctors and saying, "I think I have ADHD," and the doctor, unfortunately, is not at all and well versed in this area. And they go, "Well." you're too um, successful, you're too educated, you're too, um, you know, organised, you're too this, you're too that, which is gaslighting women and making them feel that that, that that actually, okay, now back to the drawing board. But I know doctors, I know highly um, educated people who are running hugely successful businesses with children and this and that, but on the inside, they are drowning. On the outside, the perfectionism is taking over. So, I don't want you to think that you have to have this sort of um, disorganized house. You have to be um, a bit of a mess to have ADHD. Yes, unfortunately, that can show up, but you can be from what, from the outside, very functional person, but on the inside feel that you are um, indeed drowning. And I just hope that that podcast is, is a ray of light, is, is sort of an extension of help for women that they can, they can access um, privately, quietly on their dog walks, in the car and know that they are um, connecting with lots of other women who are just the same as them.
0: And what in particular have you learned yourself from doing the podcast? Anything that might have sort of maybe surprised you as you were going along recording them?
1: I think that probably the biggest thing I've learned is, you know, the amount of messages I get from women who say to me, you know, you have finally managed to hone in on something I've not been able to articulate. You've helped my husband understand. You've helped my partner understand. You've helped me understand. You've helped me understand my dysfunctional relationship with my mother, who I think is undiagnosed ADHD. So, I get women who message me all the time, say that the podcast has opened something up within them that they've never been able to understand before. And for me, you know, for me, that's brilliantly, um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for that because I have been having conversations with that, these experts and understanding myself more. So I've been learning and sharing and, you know, I'm as a person with ADHD, I'm hugely curious. I love asking questions. I love learning more. I love meeting new people. I love connecting people, you know, on the same wavelength as me. But most importantly, I love sharing and disseminating this information so more women can feel empowered and more women can take back that control. Because unfortunately, you know, the health system is very skewed towards men and and male healthcare and women kind of getting, you know, pushed to the side, women not being able to understand themselves, women not being able to make the connection between hormones and menopause and, you know, just their uh, periods. So women who have um, suffered with PMS and PMDD and endometriosis and autoimmune issues and, you know, chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, it's all connected to ADHD. I'm not saying that you have to have ADHD to have all these these things and vice versa, but when women are able, able to connect these dots, which is what we discuss on the podcast, being able to see how it kind of showed up in their life throughout different chapters, eras, you know, really difficult situations, whether, you know, grief and trauma has played a part, women are able to take back control. And that is for me, the you know, a massive thing. I've got three daughters myself and I would hate for them to feel, you know, in the dark, like so many of us have throughout our lives as well.
0: So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally, 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 Mentally mentally yours. Yours. Mentally Yours, Mentally Yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116 123. If you've enjoyed the show, please give us a rating um, on iTunes. Five stars would be great. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called Mentally Yours, and we're also on Twitter at mentallyYRS. YRS.
1: See you next time.